In case you missed it, property management is in a crisis. Yep, you heard me right. We're in the middle of a staffing crisis. One in five property managers have left the industry since the start of the pandemic and more are on their way out. And the average length of time a property manager is staying in their jobs currently is only nine months. So who is going to be left to run our businesses if this trend continues and what can we do about it? Welcome to the Property Management Podcast with That Property Mum. I'm your host, Kylie Walker. I'm a former television sports journalist and mother of four turned co-owner of a million-dollar real estate brand. Each week, I teach women in the property management industry all the best tips to help you balance your career and family, grow your dream business, master your fear, boost your confidence, and conquer your mindset. Ready to get started? Let's dive in. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Property Management Podcast with that property mum, aka me, Kylie Walker. Now, for too long now, property managers have been overworked, underpaid, and thrown in the deep end to deal with conflict and crisis situations they are simply not equipped to deal with. And I really don't say that lightly because I'm a property management business owner myself, and I've been guilty of doing exactly that. I've employed young girls straight out of school, given them a laptop, a mobile, and a car, and said, here you go, manage these 150 properties, end-to-end with minimal training and zero support. And let me tell you, that did not end well. And I ended up with a revolving door of unhappy team members who left stressed, burnt out, and disillusioned. Up to 30% of property managers have already left the industry in the past two years. And my guest this week, Kirk Stafford, says, we are in a staffing crisis. And he would know. He's been in the business that long. He calls himself the dinosaur of property management. But my friends, he has some solutions to help us move away from the outdated ways of simply managing properties to a new world with less stress, more productivity, profits, and enjoyment in the workplace. So take a listen to what he has got to share. Hi, Kurt. Thank you so much for joining me on the Property Management Podcast. Now, before we dive into today's episode, can you just let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the property management industry? Sure. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you. Um, Okay. All right, now where do I start? Look, I uh, and, I, and I, I say this every time I introduce myself. I've been in real estate since the Neolithic period, during the eighties. I, I started in uh, uh, the, uh, the the mid eighties, came out of the Australian Defence Forces. I was in the RAF for, for six years. Wanted to still do something that involved people because my last couple of years uh, in the Air Force, I was uh, working in the recruiting uh, environment and found that I really liked actually uh, having that face to face contact with people. So real estate seemed to present me with the options to, to do that. Uh, I went into uh, selling properties for a while. You can imagine me at, at 23. I mean, I'm you know, not looking too bad now, but at 23, I looked like I was 16. So credibility was a bit of an issue. Um, but still, I managed to get through. And within five years, I was running teams and managing offices for people. 
but started to get to the point where I uh, where I started to feel burnt out after um, I think we we're probably about midway through the recession. So I looked for for something else to do with my time that still involved property, and found that I um, made a, a better property manager than I was a salesperson. That was thirty years ago, and I'm, I'm still here. Wow. I've still got most of my, my, my original hair colour. It's going a bit grey around the sides, but, hey, look, that's not too bad after 30 years doing this. Um, you are a survivor in the industry. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could say that. Look, I've um, I spent the first four or five years running a, a property management division that had, I think the rent roll was 220 when I took it on. Uh, you can imagine in a recession we had uh, very high Vacancies. We also had very high uh, delinquency with uh, with rent arrears. Uh, I think both of them were getting up around twenty percent. So it was it wasn't it wasn't a productive rent roll at the time. But we built that over a course of uh, four years. About I think it was about three hundred and fifty properties before I finally got an assistant. And I was doing end to end. I was doing the lot from cradle to grave, from the from the initial inspection right through to the outgoing inspection. The only thing I didn't have to touch, fortunately, was the trust accounting. Uh, and that was back in the days when you know, the the software that we had or that we have now just wasn't even a thought. Uh, we were using ledger cards and Kalamazoo, so it was all triple right carbon um, receding and all those sorts of things, which was just madness. Um, I left that role after about, I think I, I, I finished there after five years and then went off and did my own thing and built what would what would now be called a disruptor business with uh, a, a property management specific company. And I've stayed pretty much doing that same sort of thing, both for myself and for other people along the way over the last, well, now that'd be 25 years, 1997 to now is 25 years. I've built uh, a couple of companies for myself, sold rent rolls, uh, then gone on and um, built uh, rental divisions for, for other companies. Uh, this time last year, I was doing it for one of the, the major boutique developers in, in Melbourne, uh, and I ran into the, the staff from that organisation only a couple of mornings ago at a breakfast, and they've gone from, from one body to, to four as a result of the structure that I put in place. So they've, they've done very well, and they're going to continue to grow but now what I'm doing is mainly consulting work. I also do a fair bit of public speaking and also some training and some coaching. So that's that's Kirk Stafford in a nutshell. Fantastic. Thank you. Let's dive into the nitty-gritty now. Um, Houston, we've actually got a problem in property management and it's a staffing crisis. But can you go back to the beginning for us and let us know why and how you think that we've got into this situation where property managers are running for the hills never to return? I think it's a historic one. It really this 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 goes right back to the the, the view that property management was an add on to a sales business. When I started, and, and I started in Melbourne's outer southeast in a place called Frankston, which was a pretty rough and tumble area in some parts at the time, I was the only male property manager there, uh, which gave me a distinct advantage as, a, as, as when I went into to, to list properties um, because I was unique. We actually, show, we actually treated the rent roll as a business unit, whereas all the others, were just, they were just added on. Um, there was no plan of growth. There was no plan in training the staff. There was no plan to support the staff. And I've been having this conversation with, with, with directors and also with recruiters for probably 15 years that we've just not got any um, 
pipeline of property managers coming through. So this isn't a new problem, but it's 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 a problem that we've we've just let go, and because it's it's just gone into the too hard basket. Now what we're finding is that you know it's it's coming back to bite us because even though staffing numbers were reasonably okay before 2020, um, in the first 12 months of the pandemic, the Australian Financial Review report last year said that we'd lost 30%. Um, there's a, another um, survey that's come out. I think that was about three or four weeks ago, uh, that's saying we're going to lose another 25%. I don't know whether the number's going to be quite that high because the survey sample was quite small. Uh, but still, you know, that's that's still out of that, those property managers that were surveyed. And there's quite a few of them that are going. And if that if that does expand out, well, that's 50% of our cohort gone in, in, in a three-year period. And then, while there are some people coming through to replace it, they still need time, they still need training, they still need support. And I think a lot of directors now are starting to realise that you know, their, their PMs are mission critical in terms of their overall business plan. So they need to start doing something to, to show them that, that they matter or they're just going to fold and burn again. And I'm sure there's a lot of directors out there who uh, wouldn't want to be running their own property management departments, wouldn't be wanting to go back on onto the tools, so to speak. Um, so who is going to be left to run property management departments? That's a good question because you get to the stage, and look, you, you probably have to say that I'm one of the people that would, would fit into that, that exodus from the industry. Two years ago, I was running a division of 12 people. We had over 1,000 properties under management, and that was that was the point at which uh, I'd, I just said, okay, I've just come back from a holiday in Japan. I don't want to play this game anymore. I had uh, a portfolio of 145, 150 properties I was managing, uh, plus staff, and I just went, no, it's too much, I'm not going to do it all. You've got to start to look at this whole thing as, as, as a unit within itself. It's got to be properly resourced, both in terms of uh, of the human resource, the, the, the people running it, but also all the support underneath them. Uh, that includes support from directors. That includes uh, making sure that they've got the right training, make, making sure they've got the right uh, structure within the offices, the right um, equipment to, to do their job, and I'm not just talking about having you know, you know the, the odd little bit of tech here and there, unless we address this problem of the, the staff exodus, we're not going to have an industry. And we can only address that by bringing new people in who want to do the job, but they're going to be tech-savvy people. If we're bringing in the younger generation, they are, I look at my daughter who's now 30, and I look at her and the tech that she's using, I'm just going... How do you do that? <laughs> and and that's what is the expectation of the next generation coming through, that they've got adequate tools to support them and they'll use them. They're not afraid of technology. They'll, they'll certainly be using them. Speaking of technologies, what new technologies do you think every agency should be adopting um, or are the must-haves in terms of efficiency, improving productivity and profitability, but most importantly, creating that less stressful and more enjoyable work environment for property managers? I mean, a lot of the tasks that property managers do can be automated from the uh, handling of the initial inquiry from a prospective tenant uh, through to booking the appointment 
um, through to reference checking the, 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 the tenancy application. All those processes can be, can be automated and there's, there's tech around that can do it. Then you start to look at other processes within the office that you can automate or you can have technology assist with. Things like electronic signatures on documents. Now, people have suddenly started to realise over the last couple of years that, yes, they can do that. We've been forced into it. We've been working from home, uh, particularly here in Melbourne. Uh, we've spent nearly nine months uh, out of the, 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 the 18 months of the real pandemic. We spent nine months of that being locked down and told to work from home. So we've had to adapt a lot of technology. You can have tenants doing their own routine inspections every so often. Now, whether you do that as a consistent thing or not is, a, is up to an individual office, but we've got technology there that's going to enable us to take care of the uh, routine inspections as well. We've got tech that will act as, as a chatbot and report maintenance and then load it straight through into, into your property management software. And everything now is starting to tie in. We haven't got one program though that does it all but we've got a lot of little programs that are that are filling the gaps that do integrate with most of the the proprietary software that's out there and there's going to be more come through i don't know what the next iteration is but the thing is this is designed to make the property manager's job easier it's not designed to replace them it's going to take away from the the grind stuff that we, we had to do and it free us up to do other things. It means that we're probably going to be able to do more with less people, which is really the, the way that the industry's heading. And it's just going to make their lives a little bit less stressful. Because all that stuff's working away in the background while you're on the phone talking to your landlord or developing a relationship with, with either them or the tenant. All this is whirring away in the background, taking care of all the stuff that you spend the majority of your time on. If you look at the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20 rule, 80% of the stuff that we do provides us 20% of our income. So why are we focusing our time on that? Whereas we should be focusing on the 20% of the stuff that is actually dollar productive. Which is building relationships and customer service. That is our dollar productive tasks in my mind. But I've I've been the business owner that I've adopted all the software early. I moved across. I've had electronic signatures for years. I had Property Me early on. Uh, I even hired VAs uh, and I've got multiple VAs now in, in, in my business. But I've had massive backlash from property managers. Uh, not probably so much this new generation coming through, but older generation property managers, I had four resign in one day when I said we were changing from console to property me and mm, implementing yep. VAs. Uh, so, uh, you know, property managers, I think, need to have a little bit of ownership here as well. So, what do they need to do to show up differently and if, if we're going to improve um, the working environments and the way that we work? Um, what's property managers, I guess, part in all of this? Be open to the change. Be open to the improvements. These things are not actually going to make a property manager's life more difficult. They're going to do the opposite. They're actually going to free your time up. As I said a minute ago, you're not going to be spending time listening to a tenant uh, complaining about a dripping tap. I'll go on to, onto their app, um, open it up, say, hey, Mr or Mr Property Manager, bang, 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 my tap's dripping, here's a photo of it. 
and that'll then respond back to them saying, thank you, got it, loaded into the software, we're going to progress that now. I think the next iteration of that, that sort of software is that it will give them progress updates as they go. And I'm looking at a couple at the moment that are promising they're going to do that, but yet haven't shown me the automations behind it. But if we can get away from those follow-up calls that they make to us and get us to the point where the conversations we have with these clients, and I, and I use the term client because both sides of the equation are important. Neither is siloed off from the other. You can't have a, a landlord or a tenant without the other one. And if we don't have one or the other, we don't get any management fees. So it's just as simple as that. So our business unit is all, all sort of all focused on, on maintaining both those relationships. But we can spend our time on more constructive, positive, and, and as you said before, relationship-enhancing conversations rather than try to explain that the, the plumber hasn't, you know, or why the plumber hasn't been there. Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. So you've written a couple of amazing blogs on this topic recently, and you talk about profitability, automation, and reimagining the inner workings of the property management division. So what do you think that reimagination looks like? That's a really good question. Thank you. I don't, I don't have an easy answer for it because we're going through such massive change at the moment. Um, it, it, look, a lot of it, it's, it's been coming for a while and I'm not the only one that talks about profitability. I look at it from a point of view of just because you've got the largest rent roll in town doesn't mean that it's an effective business unit. It doesn't mean that it's profitable. We're so busy focused on volume, and I've said this and I've, I've heard this once many years ago and I've had it said to me by a couple of other speakers in, in forums I've been in, volume is vanity and profit is sanity. And there's another little bit that goes in that, and that, and that is that cash flow is king. Now, if you're just focused on purely building up the, the size of the rent roll, you're focusing on the wrong part of it. We need to be focused on what is um, good business. And good business is all about profitability. It's all about maximising your income from a property, meaning that you know, we, we've got to get away from this, this ridiculous fee discounting, which I, I, I don't think we ever will because there are always going to be people who think that the only point of difference they've got is to drop their fees. But if that's all that you're relying on to attract clients, you're probably also attracting the wrong clients. You're attracting those clients who, who have that discount mentality and don't want to be spending great deals of money on their properties. So you're going to end up with mostly C-grade landlords, mostly C-grade properties, because you don't get a C-grade property with an A-grade owner. You, you, you've got to take the view that if it's not good business and if you can't get your benchmarks out of a property, and I, when, when I was running uh, my own business, when I've been running businesses for others, we'd look at what our annual income from the property was and we would not list a property below that. And we're not talking about percentages, we're looking at dollar income because obviously you know, 7% of a property at you know, $300 a week is vastly different to 7% uh, of a property at $1,000 a week. So you look at what your, your benchmark is and you don't list below that. It means that what you're going to end up with are different scales of, of, fee, of commissions based on, on percentage, or you just look at it and go, well, that's my flat rate. And that's, that's, that's it. It's, every property I manage will be at uh, 
X number of dollars. So that's going to come down to your break-even point and, and what profitability percentage you want from the property. But in terms of the overall, in terms of the future and what a high-functioning division looks like, it's seamless, it's a happy place to work, it's well-staffed, it's got good levels of support from the directors, it's got people there who, who actually want to be in the workforce and want to be in that workplace and who can use the technology and understand both the, the tech and understand the structure of the business, but also understand the importance of the relationships with both sides. So that's, I mean, that's a very, very broad brush, and that can take any one of a number of forms. You talked about the blogs that I've written recently, Stand By. I've got a couple of others coming out. One of them is going to really <laughs> – I don't think a lot of directors are going to like what I've got to say about, about incomes. <laughs> No, that's that's great advice there. I think that's fantastic. And I, I look forward to Utopia, you know, if that is possible in any business. But certainly property management is well overdue for, for some shifts and changes uh, and improvements. So um, I think that's really, I think, you know, a lot of people I've been chatting to are all on the same page with this as well. So, yeah, exciting times ahead, I think, for property management oh, for sure. and for property sure. managers. Uh, yeah. Now, just to wrap things up today, I, I love to give my listeners some action items and I know you're a huge advocate of mindset and self-belief. So what's a couple of things that um, our audience could do today to improve theirs? I actually gave a, a really good talk on this on, on, on Monday to a group of Sydney property managers. One of the things that comes out of it is you've got to be open to the improvements. Get away from the word change. Uh, if I said to you, we're going to change things around here. Your immediate reaction to that is a defensive one or a protective one. You, feel, you actually feel your solar plexus tighten a little bit and not appear in your stomach because change is always seen as, as negative. Start to look at change as improvement. If I said to you, we're going to make some improvements around here, all of a sudden you're going, oh, really? Great. What are they? So, and it's just that one word that can change. And it just switches people's mindset around. The other things to, to, to look at, particularly as property managers on the coalface, understand that this your, your job is an important one. Um, your role in the relationship between both sides is vital, but the job's not about you. Don't take it home with you. Give yourself a break during the day. And un unless you've royally stuffed something up, Whatever's going on at the property or in the relationship between the, 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 the landlord and the tenant isn't your problem. It's your solution to find. But one side or the other, in a lot of cases, we deal with a lot of frustration. You know, a, a lot of the time we're trying to balance out you know, the rights and obligations of both sides. And sometimes they come into conflict. It's just a matter of finding that middle ground between them and getting it to the point where you can walk away at the end of the day and, and not take it home with you and spend the entire night either thinking about it or talking about it with your partner or your, your, your housemates or whoever and, and give yourself some mental relief from it. Because at the end of the day, people are probably, you know, some principals probably aren't going to like this, at the end of the day, it's still just a job. It doesn't define you. It's not your whole life. There are much more important things in life than your job. You, you have the job and the income from it to enable you to enjoy your life, not you know, wrapping your whole life up in your job. So separate the two off. 
remember that it's it's not all to do with you. Whatever the problems at the property are or between the two parties are of your creation. It's up to you to solve them. And if you solve them well for both sides, you're going to look like an absolute star in their eyes, but they're still not your problems. Um, and be open to some improvement and be open to some change and some personal growth. Look for some training. Do some reading. Watch some podcasts. Listen to webinars. Go for a walk and you know, plug it in as, as you go for a walk. And that's actually probably counter to some of the other stuff that I talk about with, with mental health, and that is you know, leave your phone at home and go for a walk and just engage with where you are and your surroundings. So there's what's that about? I think that's about five little nuggets in there for you, Kylie. Can you recommend a personal development book or a podcast um, that you are currently listening to or reading? that you think will really help move the needle for property managers? I'm a big, big believer or a big fan of this guy, Simon Sinek. And you notice that I just I just happen to have them. I'm, I'm in the middle of reorganising my bookcase. Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last. Gabrielle Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back. Yep, that's one of my um, favourites. Yep, Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game. And I talk a bit about this one in, in a couple of my, my other talks, but... Yeah, do some stuff. Read some stuff that's not Highlander. Or, sorry, that was that wasn't it. Was uh, Outlander. And they're fine. They're they're good for a mental break. But do do some reading that's going to actually improve your mind. Uh, another good one to read is uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. Another author to get hold of is uh, Sarah Wilson, who's uh, wrote a book a couple of years ago, and I think. Uh, it's uh, and it's actually in the lounge room at the moment because I'm reading it again. Something to do with a big, beautiful world or something along those lines. This is the lady that wrote the book about quitting sugar. So there's another five books to to get your hands on and, and digest. But you can find them all as podcasts as well. Fantastic! Thank you so much for joining us today, Kirk. How can anyone who's listening reach out to you? Uh, they can get me through my uh, email address, which is kirk at thepmcoach.com.au, or you can just jump straight onto the website, which is thepmcoach.com.au, and fill in the inquiry form, and I'll see it pop up. Find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn, both under my own name, uh, or you can use the mobile, which is 0418-563105. Fantastic. Thank you, Kirk. Kai, my pleasure. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you want more information on the courses I offer or resources from the podcast, visit thatpropertymum.com.au.